This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you so much for the, thank you for the warm introduction. You know, Rabbi Wine was once given a very extensive introduction. And after the introduction, he got up, he said, after that long introduction, I'm actually curious to hear what I have to say. Heard that Naftali told me. Thank you, Naftali. Okay, so when I give a shirim, I like the shir to be thematic. I like to speak about one common thread, ask a number of questions, and with one principle, tie it all together. I also like to be unpredictable, so that's not what I'm going to do today. So today I'm going to share with you seven fundamental thoughts on seven, Sefer Bracious, seven things that, that come to mind, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's speak about the following subject. What is the most important concept in the Torah? This is a concept that the Chida writes, is the Yesoid of all Yesoidais. Miyoim, Tzeitzchem, Meyaretz, Mitzrayim, Biadhena. This is the principle upon which all mitzvahs are, is based on. Not for this principle, we would not be able to keep Shabbos. We would not be able to have Rosh Chodesh. We would not be able to do Brismila. We would not be able to have a Geula. We would not be able to have Tchias HaMesim. And that is the concept that we are Banam Lamakoim. One of my favorite topics. Now, if it's such an important concept, it should appear pretty early on in the Chumash that we are the children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You would expect that the Torah should start. Okay, before Beresh is Bar Lekim, and then, by the way, God created the world. And the answer is it really does. It says that. There's a Sefer um, of Rav Shem Klingberg. And he says we have, uh, we have to study the very first letter in the Torah. What is the very first letter in the Torah? Bez. What does Bez stand for? Bez stands for Banim. We have to study the first Nekuda in the Torah. What is the first Nekuda in the Torah? Shiva. What's a Shiva? Two dots. Father and Son. That's the first message of the Torah. Banim atem lachem lekechem. The Yibam za'av, you're the Ben. Keep on reading. Now continue on. What is it? Keep calm and carry on? How does it go? Whatever. Yeah, that's a, it's lip service anyway. But this time for real. Keep calm, calm and carry on. That's the first simon in the Torah, the first remez in the Torah. Now why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu create the world? He created the world for the world to come. He created all of his, his existence is for the chesed that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will do for us in Olam Haba. I had the privilege to give a shir in a certain location. I'm not going to say which city. I'm not going to say what country or what planet. And in the Agav Orcha, in the course of the shir, I mentioned that the objective of creation is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to bestow upon us Olam Haba. So why doesn't He just put us there? Because then we would feel Nahama Duchsufa, it would be embarrassing, we wouldn't appreciate it. So Hashem put us here in this world to be able to get to Olam Haba. And the gentleman raised his hand and he very politely said, Rabbi, I was not raised that we do mitzvahs for Olam Haba. He did not really think that Judaism believed in Olam Haba. So this man was not given a full Jewish education because not only do we believe in Olam Haba, but we believe the whole entirety of Olam Hazeh was created for Olam Haba. Olam Hazeh, Doimeh lefroiz dar b'fnei Olam Haba. How many worlds are there in Olam Haba? Asr HaKadosh Baruch Hu lahanchil l'chol tzadik v'tzadik 
Shai Olamai, 310 worlds. How about this world? What's this world? This world is, Hashem created the world, ex nihilo, yesh, meayin. So it's interesting. This world is yesh. The world to come is shai. If you combine the yesh with the shai, it's 620. That's the full keser of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why in the Aser said there were 620 <coughs> letters. Who combines these two worlds? Oilam Hazen, Oilam Haba, Malchus Beis David. Yishai. Yishai is Yesh, Shai. So, it should probably say this pretty early on in the Torah, that this world is the Yesh, and the purpose of it is for the Shai. So you don't have to go too far. Barashas is Barasa Yesh. Barasa Shai. God created the Yesh of this world, and He created the Shai of the afterlife. Who did He create it for? That's so you got to go back to the end of the Torah. Le'ene kol Yisrael, for all of Israel, Barashas, He created Olam Abba. That's all you need to know. Look at the last word in the Torah, look in the first word of the Torah, and uh, you understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. Now, let's um, distinguish between two individuals. Okay, that was my second point. Okay, if you're counting. In a few minutes you'll lose track of the count and I'll whittle down another two. And No, I'm just saying. I'm going to give you the full seven. Okay? <clears throat> let's distinguish between two individuals. Between Noyach and Abraham. Noyach was a rabbi. He got smicha. Yoyra, yoyra, yadin, yadin. And he got up to his pulpit and he spoke and he gave drushas and shiurim and lectures. And at the end of his long, illustrious rabbinic career, he was able to amass zero followers. He had no followers, not in the shul, not in his chaburas, not on TorahAnyTime.com, nothing. Nobody was interested in what Noyach had to say. He did not influence anybody. Avram Avinu, on the other hand, was a very successful mashpia. The Ramam says Avram Avinu had tens of thousands of Talmidim. So what was it? Was Avram Avinu a better speaker? Was he more eloquent? Did he speak with a British accent? How was Avram so much more successful in influencing people than Noyach? This I once heard from a great rabbi who lived in England. He actually came from Ireland, Rabbi Isaac Bernstein. And he said this over from Harava Vigdar Amiel. said as follows, Noyach lives in a world where a man is basar. Kates kol basar balafanai. Ki hishchis kol basar asdarkai. And when you address people as if they are basar, maybe a sophisticated basar, and an advanced type of flesh, but if a man, if human being is merely flesh and blood, you can't influence them. Because if people recognize that you feel that they are basar, <coughs> then they're not inspired to grow, they're not inspired to be elevated, they're not inspired to yearn for higher levels. Avram Avinu comes to the scene, and what's the first thing Avram Avinu does? Yes, Hanefesh Asharasu Bukharan. Amravinu says you're not a sophisticated animal. You're a soul, you're a divine entity. Your dominant feature is the Neshama. And when people look at themselves as a Neshama, they say, wait a second, my soul is very out of place here in this world. Like the Masil Susharam tells us, 
the Mesil Sisharm says that the soul actually doesn't belong here. The soul is um, completely out of place. The soul sits here at the table and the soul's looking around. Hmm, what could make me happy? Potato chips? No, they kill me. Pizza? They shorten, it's shortens my life. Uh, soda? It ruins my uh, biochemistry. So the Neshama is very unhappy here in this world. All the physical pleasures in this world are antithetical to the Neshama. The Neshama finally sees, oh, there's some learning over here. Okay, I have a place here in this world. But when a person views them, their dominant feature as the Neshama, then a person's inspired to grow, to be moral, to be ethical, to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be giving and not selfish. So in the, in the world of Noyach, it's Kate's called Basar, it's Hishchus called Basar. Nobody's listening, nobody's home. If I'm just a Basar, so I might as well eat and steal and take and commit and do what I, what I want and I need to do. Our Ravinu comes to the scene, the yes, Hanefesh Asher Asu Bukharan. Furthermore, Avraham Avinu revolutionized the concept of marriage. Until Avraham Avinu, Adam Arishan looks at his wife Chava, he says, Ah, oh, Chavala, my dear. You know what we are, the two of us? We are the union of the bodies. In a world where relationships are a union of the bodies, relationships have no value. It's a very... Um, it's, if it's just physical, it has no sanctity, it has no morals, it has no value comes Avram Avinu to the scene and he revolutionizes the concept of marriage. He tells Sarah, the nafshi Marriage is not the union of the gufim, it is the connection of the souls. That is why, says Rav Victor Amiel, if somebody commits adultery as an arusa, after the first stage of marriage, it's actually more chamor than if someone commits adultery after the final stage of marriage. Why would that be? Wouldn't it be a greater violation once the marriage is fully consummated? The answer is, so long as the marriage is kedushin erusin, which is just the union of the soul, in a way it's on a higher level even than when it's, to an extent, been downgraded through the nisuin, and now it's also the union of the bodies. So that's the difference between the effect of Avraham and the effect of Noyach. Avraham taught people that they are neshama, that they are nefesh, and therefore he was successful in changing people. In the world of Noyach, people saw themselves as basar, and in a world of basar, it's ki hishchis kal basar. Okay, here's another idea. So, we come to Parshas Noyach, and we're introduced to this great man named Noach. Who's Noach? Boy, do I have a lot to tell you about Noach. Noach is the most spiritually charming guy who ever lived. V'noyach matzah, not only that, Noach Ish, Tzadik. Not only that, he was what? Bedoyroisav? Tamim. Not only that, he as Halakim is He's like the, the greatest gift to humanity. Nobody ever had anything so nice to say about anyone in history as they do about Noach. Noach gets the best intro, he gets a real introduction. You know? <laughs> Noach gets, you know he gets an actual introduction. Yeah. Avraham Avinu, but I'm not insulted because I, get, I'm, I got an introduction like Avraham Avinu. <laughs> Who's Avraham Avinu? At the end of Parshas Nayach, we say about 20 names. Haran, Nachar. We don't know one guy from the next. We don't know if one guy is a good guy, a bad guy. And out of all these 20 random names, Vayoyim Hashem el Avram! Who's Avram? We don't know him from a hole in the wall. We don't know. Why is God speaking to him? Why didn't he speak to Haran, to Nachar, to any, anybody else? So why is it 
I mean, Avram was greater than Noyach. Noyach gets a big intro. Avram Avinu got my intro. Right? So what exactly... Um, no, I'm joking. It's fine. <coughs> it, it worked well. We planned, we rehearsed it before. So, so the Maral writes in Pirkei Avais and elsewhere, perhaps in Netzach Yisrael, that this is to give us great hope in the Galas. Why? Because when God spoke to Abraham, He wasn't just speaking to Abraham. He was selecting for all time the Jewish people. This is a pivotal, pivotal moment, a seminal moment in world history. God is selecting Abraham and all his descendants. If it would say, I mean, this is what I would have wrote. Um, Abraham, Abraham, haya ish chesed ad ma'oid you know, I would have had a whole thing with a nice trap, you know? Um, you know, he had the biggest table, thousands of people, and he was Makara people, and any of his relatives that got in a jam, he risked his life to save them. And, and, and not only that, he didn't just like, he served you tongue, with mustard, like, I would have given Abraham, as they say in England, a proper introduction. I don't know what proper means. Everything by you is proper, right? But that's a different time. So, (laughs) um, and not one word is said about Abraham Avinu. Why? Because at this moment in time, Abraham Avinu is being selected, him and all his descendants, forever and ever and ever. And if it would say Avraham Avinu was a Baal Chesed, or Avraham Avinu was a Makar of Rechoikim, or Avraham Avinu was Zakin V'yoshev B'yeshiva, then what would be in 2021 when his descendants are not Makar of Rechoikim, and they're not Goim Lechasodim, and they're not Zakenim V'yoshev B'yeshiva? God would say, that was him, you guys are you, and uh, the, the legacy will not continue. <coughs> and therefore the Rebbe Nishlam says, you know why I'm speaking to Avraham? Because... Just because. It's Ahava It's unconditional. God doesn't love a Jew because the Jews are magnanimous or because they're kindly or because they're humble. God loves, loves the, the Klal Yisrael because He loves the Klal Yisrael. Because it's a fact of life. Because no matter what, we are His children. And that's the most important concept in the Torah, as we mentioned. That's the opening Letter and the Kuda of the Torah. Noach is a Gentile world. So Noach was a great guy and God loved him, but he doesn't love Noach's children. He wasn't selecting his descendants. So we need to know, why does God love Noach? And the answer is, because Noach was a tzaddik and he was a tamim and he was matzachin. And when Noach's descendants don't have those qualities, the Rebbe Shalom does not continue to have that relationship with them. But when Hashem selected Avraham, even though he was a Baal Ches and a Makar V'choykim, he wanted it to be clear that this will last forever and ever and ever. And therefore, Vayoymer Eloikim El Avraham, Vayoymer Hashem El Avraham. Why? No reason given. And that's the foundation of our relationship with Hashem forever and ever. Avram Avinu did not have children for many years. If you're, if you're counting, we're up to number five now. <laughs> Avram Avinu did not have children for many years. And he brings these uh, guests into his home. And uh, the angel says, Abraham, 
Mark it on your calendar. Put it on, uh, on your Google calendar. In a year from now, you're going to have kids. And by the way, the Medrash learns from here that the reward for Hachnasas Archem is children. It's one of the few segulois mentioned in Chazal of what a person could do to be zoichet to children. Hachnasas Archem. So that's certainly worthy of our attention. Why is inviting guests as a chus to procreate? Furthermore, Avram Ravina probably invited guests all the time. Why Dafka did this act of Hachnasas Archem bring him children? And let's understand in general, you know, Avram Avinu was the greatest Baal Chesed in history. He probably did many acts of kindness. He probably lent money to the poor. He probably helped poor brides get married. If uh, He probably visited the sick. He buried the dead. Why of all the acts of Chesed that Avram Avinu ever did, does, is the Torah so descriptive specifically about Hachnas Asarachem? Says the Shlach HaKadosh, that... Contrary to public, uh, popular opinion, why do we do chesed? Because you have to be proper. And you have to be a nice guy. And I feel bad for him because this person is, doesn't have money or doesn't, is not feeling well, so I feel bad for him, so out of my feelings of compassion, I'm going to be kindly to them. That's not the reason why we do chesed. The reason why we do chesed is, this is how we emulate our Creator. This is how we become similar to Hashem. Now, Hashem did not create us. And, oh, we're helpless. Oh, Hashem says, okay, let me come in and help you because you're helpless. It's not that Hashem is kindly. Hashem doesn't give us lunch because we're hungry. Hashem said, I want to give lunch to someone. So He created us to help us. In other words, Hashem doesn't do chesed to us because there's a need. Hashem wants to do kindness to us and therefore He created us in the first place. He created us in order to do kindness to us. Of all, if you were to describe this world, how would you describe Hashem's chesed to man in this world? It's basically, Hashem says, Hey, come into my house. That's this world. Let me give you food. Let me give you clothing. Let me give you shelter. Our whole experience in this world is that of a guest in the home of the host. God being the host and we're the guest. So therefore, of all the acts of chesed the Torah could choose to describe, it chooses to describe Achnasas Archim, because that's the most um, similar to the general chesed that the Rebbe Hashem does to men, and that's the best way to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't provide kindness to those in need. He creates entities and beings in order to do chesed to them. So the truth is that every other time Avraham Avinu did Hachnasas Archim, it's because there were people around who, they were hungry. So Avram fed them because they had nothing to eat. But in this case, there was nobody who was hungry because it was so blazing hot outside that nobody could make it outside. Avraham Avinu felt bad, there are no Archim. He said, God, I know there's nobody hungry, but I want to be like you. Could you like make somebody come out now so that I could be exactly like you? And I'm not doing chesed because somebody needs it, because right now I know nobody needs it, because nobody's outside. But, like, make someone come out so I could really be like you. So Hashem said, no problem, I'm going to create malachim, who have no needs, and I'm just bringing them out so that you could emulate me in the perfect sense. But there's still 
one little dimension that's still lacking in the perfect emulation of the ways of Hashem, and that is Hashem creates in order to do chesed. But if a person does as much as humanly possible and invites guests, even under these circumstances, Hashem says, I'll even let you create entities to be able to do chesed to them, namely, those who are Makai in the Mitzvah of Nechazachim are Zochet to have children, and that is the full and perfect way in which we emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so we are Boire Nefashais, to which we do chesed to. Okay. Another idea, Akedah. You know the story of the Akedah? Abraham, Isaac, the ram, the knife, the angel. That's the basic story, right? <laughs> and if you ever looked in the Quran, you say, wow, what's God? I thought this was like a lunch and learn or something. <laughs> they actually have a different main character. Instead of Isaac going on the Akedah, Ishmael's at the Akedah. I mean, how did they, how they pull that? Why do they do that? They, they don't change the other narratives. Why are they so after the Akedah? It's interesting, right? Why do they distort that? And the Christians don't distort it. In the Old Testament, it's Yitzchak at the Akedah. They don't bring in Oisai Hamamzer and put him into the Akedah. So why Dafka Yishmael? You ever wonder, it says, Achar Dvar Melvah, Kim Nisas Avraham. Nisas Avraham? Who's a test for Avraham or a test for Yitzchak? Test for Avraham is a much bigger test for Yitzchak. Yitzchak's the one who has to be basically like a piece of chicken. He's going to shecht him and put him on the, on the Mizbeach. Why are we saying it's a test for Avraham and not Yitzchak? I never found anyone who said this, and I think the answer is very simple. I don't think that Akedah was a test for Yitzchak at all. Why not? Because the Akedah begins, after these matters, God tested Avram. Rashi says, after what matters? Rashi says, after the conversation of Yitzchak and Yishmael. What was the conversation? Yishmael says to Yitzchak, Yitzchak, what do you think you are? You had Mila at eight days. I'm much greater than you. I had Mila at 13 years old. So what did Yitzchak say back? If God would tell me to offer myself, I would do it now. So what did Yitzchak just do? He took a nether. So God said, really? You would? So go do it. So now you can say, oh, like him, Nisa, Yitzchak. No, God's not testing Yitzchak. Yitzchak just took upon himself the challenge. Imagine a guy gets up, and you know, uh, Rav Shal Alter just went to Borough Park for Shabbos. You heard about this? And the guy bought him shishi for a million dollars. Not bad. They're doing well, those moistais are doing well, right? <laughs> so I have a question. God tested this oisher? The, the guy made a nether in front of 20,000 chassidim. There's no way he could not give them up. I mean, he's big trouble if he doesn't. So Yitzchak just got up, and it's recorded in the Torah, that he's ready to do the Akedah. So Avram never made any commitment, so God's testing Abraham. He's not t- testing Isaac. Isaac just said he would do it. Now, so now there's a fight going on between, what, what did Yishmael mean, you're nothing, who are you? that I had Mila at 13 and you had Mila at 8. What Yishmael is saying is that I'm the real spiritual heir of Avraham Avinu. Eretz Yisrael really belongs to me because I'm I, continuing the legacy of sacrifice of Avraham. You had Mila at 8 days old. You didn't know what you were doing even. But I had Mila at 13. 
So what's the purpose of the Akedah? The purpose of the Akedah is to show our ascendancy and superiority over Yishmael. So, in other words, if you wanted to know, why does Israel belong to the Jewish people, not Yishmael? Because of the Akedah. If you wanted to know, you know, you know in the, as part of the storyline of the Akedah, it says Avram Avinu is taking Yitzchak and Yishmael up to the Haramaria, and they see Vayares Hamakoi Meirachoik, and Avram Avinu says, Yishmael, you see the, you see the Shechina? And Yishmael says, huh? What? And Avraham says to Yitzchak, you see the Shechina? He says, Avada. So Avraham turns to Yishmael, he says, Shvu lochem hachamar. You're like the donkey. You understand about the Harabayas just as much as the donkey. Your recognition of Kedusha is equal to that of the donkey. Why is this part of the story of the Akedah? Because that's exactly what the Akedah is. Who has the rights to Temple Mount? And Yishmael has no rights. Because maybe he had at 13, but he doesn't even appreciate its Kedusha. Yitzchak is willing to give up his whole life for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So of course they need to change the storyline. The whole narrative of the Akedah is their undoing, is the proof that, that's why at the end of the Akedah, the Malach comes and he says to uh, Avraham, V'yirash zarech es shar oyevav. Your descendants will inherit your oyevim. Now we know sometimes some enemies of Jewish people are called soinim. Esav soinei es Yaakov. Yishmal is the oyev. Why at the end of the Akedah does it say, your descendants will inherit Oyevecha? Because the Akedah demonstrates, demonstrates our superiority specifically over Yishmael. So they have to change the story. If they don't change the story, they got to move back to uh, other countries in the Middle East, which is highly recommended anyway. <laughs> so that's uh, insight on the Akedah. One final idea, yeah? One, number seven. Good? No, no. Six? <clears throat> Here it goes. I'm, I'm sure you're all familiar with this. Um, so, Avram Avinu, he's a really big tzaddik. Even though it doesn't say anything about him, but we know, we know his accolades. We do not find at any point in time, Avram Avinu is running to catch a cow for one of the guests, and all of a sudden, he turns around and it's the arch enemy of Archangel of Esav, who came to have a wrestling match with Avram Avinu, and they fight, and they're struggling until the wee hours of the morning, and finally, Avram Avinu pins him down, and he says, let me go! And Avram Avinu says, no, give me... A, no, we don't have any stories like that. Yitzchak Avinu, at no point in time, is attacked by Sarai Shal Esav. And Yaakov Avinu, he's crossing the river... To, to pick up a tin can that he left over there. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in a big wrestling match. And they're struggling, and they kick up dust till the Kisei HaKavod. And finally, the angel of Esav hits Yaakov Avinu in the hip socket. And, but Yaakov Avinu has him pinned down, and he says, you're not going anywhere until you give me the brachos. And that's the story. Why is it that the angel of death, the angel of Esav, only attacks Yaakov Avinu. Good question, no? That's the question of the Chavetz Chaim. And the Chavetz Chaim famously answers that Avram Avinu is great tzaddik. He's a big machnes arech, and he's a big makar of and he teaches people about nefesh, and not basar. But his specialty was chesed. 
And chesed is such a beautiful midah. And oilam chesed yibaneh. However, as great as chesed is, the Yitzhahara, he doesn't like it, but he'll tolerate it, and he'll let, he'll let it be. He'll let it slide. And Yitzchak Avinu is, represents avoida, tefillah. And God loves people who pray, especially people who don't bring their phone when they pray. And especially when they come early to davening, and they daven with kavana. And the Yitzhah loves it, and the Yitzhahara hates it, but he could swallow it. However, there's only one mitzvah that is the kryptonite and the antidote to the Yitzhahara, that when this is, is in existence, Yitzhahara is powerless. Barasi Yitzhahara, Barasi Taira Tavlin. And that is the Midah of Yaakov Avinu. That was the Avoid of Yaakov Avinu, Talmud Taira. And therefore the Yitzhahara says, I can't tolerate this, it's either me or him. One of us is going down, and he, he went at it. And the Zayar says he was slightly successful, because he hit him in the hip socket. And what does that mean, he hit him in the hip socket? He destroyed, he weakened, Tamchen Da'iraisa, the support of Taira. That he, he, never, he never uprooted those who study Torah. He uprooted those who support Torah. What does that mean? Oh, what that means is that when there's a parlor meeting and a collection for Hatzalah or Chai Lifeline or Tom Cheshabis or all of the myriad other beautiful, wonderful Jewish organizations, Kulam Ahuvim, Kulam Berurim, Kulam Kedoshim, Jews are willing to be generous and to sponsor and to contribute. But when it comes to supporting people who learn Torah, a koilel, a yeshiva, a tamar chacham, then it gets a little, the hand gets a little bit more stuck in the pocket, and it becomes a little bit more difficult to contribute to our Talmud Torah. And to that extent, the Yetzirah was successful in his battle against Yaakov, because he realized, in ain kemach, ain Torah. So therefore, a few things we have to realize. And that is, of all the things we do during the day in our, of our service of Hashem, and we have to make sure that it's uh, complete, we have to make sure we daven properly, we have to make sure we do chesed every day, but of the most paramount uh, importance is to try to have as much meaningful limud ha as possible, because that is what will help us overcome the Yetzahara. And number two, we have to realize the importance of supporting taira. Because uh, without the support of Torah, then the Tamil Chachamim cannot continue. And t- to the extent that Mashiach is not here, because the wrestling match kicked up dust until the Kisei HaKavay, that means that you know why, why the Kisei HaKavay and the Beis HaMikdash is in a state of diminution today? Because in fact the support of Torah is weak. And if we're able to strengthen the support of Torah. Now, this is very important because usually the more one learns Torah themselves, the more one values the Torah, and therefore the more one is uh, willing to be supportive of the Torah. Chanukah and Purim, the Zayar says, is called the two Tamchin Da'iraisa, the two supports of the Torah. So now's the time as we approach the Yom Tif of Chanukah, tell the Yom Tif of Purim, this is the Zman of the year where we're Machazek, the support of the Torah, and if we're able to support. This, if we're able to support Taira, then through the enhanced Limitat Taira, we put an end to the Sitra Akra, we put an end to the Yetzir Hara, and we bring back the Beis HaMikdash, Sheyibana, Beis HaMikdash, Mherbi Amenu, and it all starts here, Lunch and Learn, Edgeware. Thank you so much. And Mr. Uzak's, Uzvark's house.
And as we say, Ma'in Kemach in Taira. So thank you very much for the Kemach. And um, everyone, Bracha Vatzlach. Have a great day. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.